Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 317th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode, Falcons at the Senior Bowl Deep. And that was shown on the uh, field on the first day of practice. Coach Arthur Smith is here. He came down. General Manager Terry Fontenot is in the house. Kyle Smith, the Senior Vice President of Player Personnel. And we saw a lot of the coaches down here also, including Offensive Coordinator Dave Ragone. Now, the first day of practice, uh, we saw Ragone and Coach Smith spending a lot of time evaluating the wide receivers here. So that's something we'll follow up on today. We'll see uh, who the best uh, candidates are for the Falcons. You know, they, they do have some openings at that position. Russell Gage is a free agent. Corderell Patterson's a free agent. Calvin Ridley situation. Uh, so they have the eighth overall pick. You know, Cincinnati took Jamar Chase at five. If I don't see Jamar Chase out here, but, you know, just to show you how high receivers could go. The kid out of uh, USC is a top wide receiver. So, and everybody's fascinated with the Debo Samuel uh, weapon that the San Francisco 49ers have. You know, a kind of do-it-all, run-catch-pass guy. So, you know, they'll be looking for that. You know, and then maybe that person can learn under Patterson and, and be able to take it up that role on in the future. They've also talked to um, you know Georgia lineman Jamari Sawyer, and we'll talk. Uh, we'll hear from him later on here uh, in this podcast. So the Falcons are deep at the Senior Bowl. It's an important part of uh, their early pre-draft process, and um, they have a lot of boots on the ground here in Mobile looking at the top players. This is the premier All-Star game in the All-Star game circuit. Jim Nagy, the executive director, does a great job, and we're going to start off hearing from him today. It's really excited to get the guys in town. It's such a long process scouting these guys and and, uh, trying to connect with them. So to get them all here, we're excited. You know, last year's game was great. Uh, having 106 players drafted, breaking our all-time record, 41% of the draft. Um, it was an unbelievable year. But, it, you know, we didn't have our community involved because of COVID last year. We had to do what we had to do to get through the week um, and serve the 32 teams and get these players in here since we we're going to be the only part of the process. So um, it's great. We're excited. We got the community back involved this year, all the events. There he is, Jim Nagy. Let, you know, last year was the COVID year, 106 players drafted. I wonder um, – you know, how much of that was that uh, the teams couldn't go out and do, you know, the physical in-person scouting, a lot of Zoom scouting last year. But uh, 41% of the draft came here. So you, you can watch this game at 2.30 uh, p.m. on Saturday on the NFL Network and see some of the future players uh, in the uh, NFL in this game. One of them is going to be Kenny Pickett. 
The fine quarterback from Pitt turned in a super year. He's one of the most intriguing prospects here. Heisman finalist finished third in the voting. Threw for 4,000 yards last year. Kind of came out of nowhere. His stock has skyrocketed. We invited Kenny to the game last year, you know, and he had, he had did you even, you're like kind of accepted, accepted. Uh, and then we, we, we hopped on the phone last December and kind of talked through his decision, decision-making process, whether to um, come out and be in the senior bowl or go back to school. And uh, I told Kenny at the time, like, I, I never, I never BS these players. Uh, I shoot them straight. I think a real problem uh, with college athletes and football players is that everyone tells these guys what they want to hear and not what they need to hear. So I was really, really straight up with Kenny, uh, you know, just based off what we thought and, and getting grades back from the NFL, he was, he was going to be a day three player. So, you know, to see him come back and have the success that he did. Uh, and really, I think a lot of that goes back to Kenny's health this year. He can talk about that, but um, just a different player on tape. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, the uh, folks who follow the ACC got to see Kenny up close when he came to Atlanta, dropped 52 on Georgia Tech. 23 of 36 passing, four touchdowns. You know, turned in a, a big, big season for the Pitt Panthers. So, you know, uh, the biggest knock on him is uh, he's got the small hands, and we hear about this every year around the draft time. The thinking from the old NFL scouts is that you need the big hands to grip the ball, to throw it in the wind and through the snow uh, if you're playing up north. So that limits your teams perhaps. But uh, Kenny had some thoughts about his hand size. Um, I think that's like the number one thing for quarterbacks in the draft process of year every year is um, hand size. You know, the good news is I played in Pittsburgh. Anyone that's been to Pittsburgh knows it's not, you know, the nicest place to play in October or November. Uh, so I have experience playing, um, you know, in, in tough weather. And, uh, you know, I didn't measure in this week. I just want to give the most accurate measurement I can. I'm working on mobility things. So kind of I'm sure I was waiting for that question. So anyone else that has that can answer it now. Uh, just want to work mobility things. I'll measure it in uh, in Indy at the combine, and you know that'll be it. Yeah, he says he wants to work mobility things. He means with his hands. He means stretching them, you know, so that he can get the longest possible measurement. That is a thing. So I guess he's got stretching practice every day, just like you go to the gym to do your the sit ups and so forth. He's got to do his hand stretching exercises and hopes to having a good measurement when we get to the combine season there. So, but good talent. He's going into the senior bowl week as the top-rated quarterback in the draft. Um, This is not supposed to be a great draft for quarterbacks, but uh, he's battling for the top spot with Sam Howell from North Carolina. A couple other quarterbacks here, Malik Willis from Liberty and um, Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. Uh, 45, 44 and five record over his career for the Bearcats. Uh, there or uh, you know the four top quarterbacks here. Then a kid named Bailey Zappi from Western Kentucky is here, and another kid named Carson Strong from Nevada. He's a big looking kid, big arm, a little wild. Saw him yesterday, but you know once they settle down later in the week, uh, he should be okay. But yeah, Carson Strong's a big, good looking kid. Uh, you know, we got to scout the quarterbacks. You know, the Falcon uh, fans, um, you know, we know Matt Ryan's getting older. So, at some point, they got to pull the trigger on, um, you know, the quarterback of the future. I don't believe it's going to be this year. But if it is, they certainly can't do it early in the draft. 
So, you know, look at those backup kids. Look at Zappy. Look at uh, Strong. You know, maybe they see a kid they can develop, you know, and, and bring along, draft in the mid-rounds, come in and compete with Felipe Franks and maybe have an upside. Got to remember, everybody doesn't find their Joe Burrow in the first round. Uh, you know, Dak Prescott was the fourth. Uh, Russell Wilson went late. Uh, Lamar Jackson went late in the first round. So, uh, I don't, I'm not looking at the top of this draft for the quarterback or, or a quarterback, but certainly I don't think you go into the season with Matt Ryan, Felipe Franks, Josh Rosen, and nobody else. So, you're going to add a quarterback somewhere at some point. So, uh, I'm looking at mid, mid-round quarterbacks. But, hey, if you're a quarterback coming out of the University of Pittsburgh, you know they're going to say something about this guy, former Dolphin great Dan Marino. And Pickett tells a story about his recruitment and, uh, you know, getting to know the history of the great Dan Marino who came out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a Pitt legend. Um, he's a guy that, you know, when I showed up to Pitt, his name was on the wall, his picture was on the wall. My re- first recruiting trip to Pitt, they had like a little booth that was like all Marino and all of his gear when he was at Pitt. And I have a picture with it. You know, my dad sent it to me actually. Um, he had it saved towards the end of the season. So I got a chance to, you know, meet with him, you know, multiple times. And uh, down at the ACC Championship, we got a chance to, you know, talk to him. Just a great, you know, like I said, just a great role model to have, you know, coming from your school and then going to have the successful career that he had. You know, really want to strive to, to follow his footsteps, kind of make him proud. And all the, all the other Pitt alumni has also come through. Yep, no question about it. Dan Marino was a legend. You know, you know uh, some of the other guys down here, for Darian Mathis, the, the big defensive lineman from uh, Alabama. You know, you got the Alabama guys. You got six Georgia guys down here. Uh, Quay Walker got hurt, didn't make it. James Cook apparently received some bad advice from his agent and is not here. Uh, they were anticipating him coming and showcasing him and maybe moving him up into the first round, uh, but he didn't come. He's elected to uh, sit on his uh, film and his two good games in the playoffs. Uh, coming in, he was a top 75 guy. That's a second round at the most, second round, third round uh, type of guy. Maybe see him slip now into the fourth. They don't draft running backs. They don't spend a lot of draft capital on running backs, and some of the uh, good running backs – uh, set to the third round last year. Uh, you know, uh, J.K. Dobbins a couple years ago went in the second round. So, um, and he certainly had a lot more productivity than Cook, who's only 5'11", 190. Want to see what he runs. That's, uh, you know, people want to see the speed because he, he can't run between tackles in the NFL. But anyway, we got the um, got the Alabama-Georgia people down here, and they're fighting still. And uh, for Darian, uh, you know, Talk a little bit about Georgia. We got Sawyer talk a little bit about Alabama. But, um, you know, Fedarian is uh, one of the big guys here. And here's what he had to say about the uh, UGA players. I got a lot of respect for those guys. Uh, you know, we came up short. But let me remind y'all, you know, we, we still run the SEC now. <laughs> uh, just let that be known. So I got a lot of respect for those guys. And um, we've been around each other. Been uh, actually getting to know those guys more since we've been around each other. So. Also ready to learn from someone, you know, like why learn from him, see what his game like. <laughs> Patty, Patty, Patty. He's trying to throw some shade at the Bulldogs because they won the SEC 
but they didn't win the national championship. So he's going to stand up there and say they run the SEC. Well, good luck. I'm sure the Bulldogs are happy with the with, with the ring that they got, the national championship ring. But uh, Mathis was another guy who made a huge leap last year. We'll see where that lands him in the draft. Just every year, there's like a new guy. So um, Phil's the next one. Phil's, Phil's the next generation. Uh, but, uh, you know, in terms of the evaluation, watching him over the summertime, kind of like Kenny, we had an early day three grade on, on Phil. We had him in the fourth round. Um, good player. Um, but man, he took a, he took a really nice jump this year. He really did. Um, guy, in terms of the interior G line, moved up about as much as anyone for us uh, in that group. He's not just a two down player, in our opinion. Right, not just a two down guy. That's the problem with the big guys. The big Georgia guy that's not here is Jordan Davis. He's out, um, you know, working out. Uh, wants to put his best best foot forward. At the uh, combine, we're going to see what he runs because his his challenge is to just like Nagy said, he's got to prove that he's more than a two down player. Do you have to pull him off the field on third downs? Uh, that's going to be the challenge for Mathis. Be the same challenge for Davis once he gets going. Now we just got uh, down there this morning to. Uh, interview Malik Willis, uh, Coach Dan Campbell, who's uh, heading up things for Detroit. And then um, Deuce Staley is running the uh, Senior Bowl operation to give him some experience in the head seat. Um, and, uh, you know, Jamari Sawyer was down there. And so, um, you know, he measured a little bit over 6'2". He was 6'4 at Georgia. Um, he's going to play guard. He was playing uh, right guard or left guard. No, he was at right guard at practice. I wrote down left because his buddy Schaefer was at uh, left guard. So I tweeted that out. So, yeah, he was at right guard at practice. And here he is uh, discussing trying to make the jump to the NFL. Everything's been good. Everything's been great. Uh, smooth. I've enjoyed it. Uh, it's, it's, it's been a lot. <laughs> A lot of meetings, a lot of interviews with teams, but you know, you enjoy it. You enjoy this process because you only get to do it one time. Mm -hmm. Something you truly only get to experience one time. So I enjoy it. I enjoy the challenge of learning the playbook and mm -hmm. the practice. It's fun. Yeah, it looked like they had you at, uh, I think, uh, I have right guard yesterday a little bit. Well, where else are they working at? Uh, so yesterday they're right guard and center. Uh, Coach said they're going to be rotating us mm -hmm. um, you know, throughout the week, so I'm not really sure the lot of this for today. But, you know, I would assume I'm probably playing a lot of interior and maybe a little bit of tackle just to mm -hmm. kind of, you know, show that I can do it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm excited about it. Okay, and uh, what's been the hardest part about the playbook and working, uh, or the best part about working with the um, NFL coaching staff? Just the volume. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just a lot. Of, well, actually, it's not a whole lot of plays. It's just different plays, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's, uh, football is football at the end of the day. But, you know, learning different, the different terminology uh, that different teams use. Like, you know, you've been playing in the UGA system for four years, so mm -hmm. you, know, you got to retrain your brain. Okay, yep. And, uh, you know, there's been some big changes here this week uh, with the retirement of Tom Brady. Uh, was with some of the Saints people last night, and uh, Sean Payton is, uh, you know, moving on into the sunset. He's having a, an event down in New Orleans on Saturday with the media, with the people who covered him and so forth. So he, uh, you know, he said, they said, hey, he always like, um, uh, you know, that Atlanta week. He always enjoyed getting ready for that game and uh, discussing the, the uh, upcoming game with us. So, you know, we wish Coach Sean the best in his retirement, however brief it's going to be. You don't know if he's going to be a guy like Cower who, 
you know, could have kept going but didn't, or if he's going to be a guy that, you know, takes some time off and then gets back in it like uh, John Gruden tried to do. So, wish Coach Sean the best, and we'll see where uh, – we expect to hear him on, on the weekends during the games, and we expect to uh, – maybe maybe he gets back in it in a couple years. We'll see. But the big one, of course, was news broke last weekend about Tom Brady uh, retiring, and then he comes out and makes it official a few days later. So, you know, the guys had it right, and, uh, you know – he uh, came out and, and uh, you know, confirmed everything, essentially. So, without Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, without uh, Sean Payton in uh, New Orleans, Carolina's a mess. Hey, the NFC South is all of a sudden wide open, wide open. Uh, the uh, Bucks will have to do something. Blaine Gavish, the quarterback there. Uh, the Saints got to do something. They come back with uh, Jameis Winston at quarterback. And if he can come back, Jameis and Tyson Hill. And then Carolina, we'll see. You know, they traded all that uh, capital and paid Sam Darnold all that money. And, and, and now, you know, they tried to replace him with Cam, then play both of them together. Uh, so, you know, that, that situation is unsettled. So, I mean, yeah, the quarterback situations um, look uh, a lot different now in the the coaching situations in the NFC South. But still, the Bucs have a very good defensive front. That's a Falcon weakness until further notice. Carolina's got a good front with Shaq Thompson and, and, and all those guys. So they got, you know, they got a strength where it's a weakness for the Falcons. And, and then the Saints, they got a they had a decent defense too. That that defense almost carried them to the playoffs. So um, you know it's not a, a for sure thing. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for the Falcons to uh, make a move up in the NFC and get back to respectability a little bit earlier than uh, you know folks have uh, you know were hoping for. So, um, you know, that's one of the things that's happened down here. Then also we had the lawsuit by Coach Flores alleging discrimination by the NFL in their hiring practices. Title VII case, they'll have to file an EEOC motion. I I do have the document, uh, 58-page complaint, which uh, and and we'll give both sides of that. So you you always do that in a legal case. Um, They make the allegations. The NFL will have to answer, uh, but in their statement yesterday, they deemed these um, accusations in the uh, complaints as being meritless. So that's where we'll stay with that right now. Coach uh, Campbell was asked about it, and I'll post something later today. It wasn't in great uh, depth. He's like, I don't know. I can't put my arms around that. We're down here. We're busy. But he did defend Miami owner uh, Stephen Ross. So he said, I had all my dealings with Mr. Ross were, you know, above board and kosher to something to that effect. So, um, you know, that's breaking news um, uh, around the league. And we have a response from uh, one of the uh, senior bowl coaches. You know, we uh, we're down here. We're gathering stuff, getting ready for the draft. Um, I'll check my phone when I get off of here. We're supposed to meet with Arthur Smith or Terry Fontenot today. And uh, hopefully, you know, we, we, you know, they're not going to tell us who they're drafting, but, um, you know, they can give us some, some good insight on, 
you know, how the Senior Bowl fits in their process. We didn't get to talk to them about the Senior Bowl last year. They just got the jobs in January. Everything was still Zoom. I don't even know if they came down here last year. We certainly didn't. So, uh, yeah, we want to. We we, um, we we need to share with the fans how the new administration approaches the Senior Bowl. Uh, it should be, um, you know, different uh, and structurally, you know, from the previous regime. They did come in full force. The old regime did that too. Uh, they they used this event to draft, you know, the likes of Robert Alford, going all the way back to William Moore, um, you know, uh, the linemen, uh, Lindstrom and um, and McGarry. Now, the one that they missed was Rasheed Hegman. That was the year they were coaching down here, and uh, Brian Cox fell in love with the big fella because he was, you know, he was huge, 6'6", 320. When he decided to play, nobody could stop him. Problem was, he didn't decide to play that much. So he was out of the league right away. Uh, he could block some kicks now. He did a good job. But you just hate to see these kids waste that talent. Because that was the same draft. Um, you know, I'm down there in the end zone with Chuck Smith. I'm just following Chuck around, learning as much as I can about D-line stuff. Um, he's working with Aaron Donald. He's like, they're looking. This is the kid right here. This is the kid. And he's like, oh, they're, they, they're talking about he's too short. He's too short. And, man, so many people. I mean, he didn't last long. They didn't. He didn't go to, like, the, the 199th pick like Tom Brady. But uh, if people knew the impact he was going to have on the games, then, um, you know, he wouldn't have lasted as long as he did in that draft. So uh, you're gonna, we're going to keep looking. Um, I saw a couple of people, you know, Wide receiver and edge rusher, those are our takeaways from, from Senior Bowl week. We know they're going to do more than that, but we do know uh, wide receivers being heavily studied. And, of course, edge rushers when you only get 18 sacks and uh, the, the next best team in the league has got 29. So, um, you know, edge rushers are here. It's a kid from South Carolina. He looked good. Dominic Robinson uh, was good. Uh, the Penn State kid, Arnold. Ziggy Bois, I believe that's correct. Um, you know, he's the he's the top dog down here. So I don't know um, if he's top dog enough to go eight. Of course, the the Falcons passed on um, Michael Parsons last year. He went eleven. Uh, same program. I don't know if this kid moves as fluently and uh, is is as uh, quick and fast as Parsons. But we'll look at him again today and try to get some uh, reviews on him. But those are some people for you to watch. We'll do um, later in the week five guys to watch uh, for the Senior Bowl. We'll you know break down the Georgia guys and, and where they're playing at and so forth. So, you know, when you're watching the game, you at least got a guy because, I mean, it's not going to be super competitive, but you got some things to look for. You got your Georgia guys to look for. got the edge rushers to look for for the Falcons. The receivers, the passing games looked ahead uh, yesterday at practice. So, um, you know, they're running the simple bootleg stuff, the West Coast stuff outside zone where, you know, he throws across and tries to um, pull the tight end with him. You know, those type of plays should be open. A lot of uh, stuff over the middle against cover two. They're trying to play soft soft, soft zones so, you know, they, they can get evaluations on the uh, players, not trying to be real complex and so forth. So, Ritter looked good throwing over the middle. Pickett looked good. Sam Howe, you know, yeah, they, I mean, they're here at Senior Bowl. They're pretty good. But uh, not a Trevor Lawrence in the group, not uh, a Mac Jones in the group. 
So, you know, we're going to see some people maybe overdraft quarterbacks. Maybe some people come up, get in front of the Falcons, push a good player down. But uh, certainly, you know, you still want to be able to look at those players and see where they uh, can fit and help you out here in the National Football League. So just kind of looking ahead, we um, got a kind of, you know, light week next week uh, with, um, you know, everything. And then we'll be out at the Super Bowl. We'll be going out on Tuesday uh, hearing from Arthur Blank out there on Wednesday. The teams get in on Thursday. So we got a the Cincinnati Bengals are going against the L.A. Rams and Super Bowl Lawrence Taylor, Super Bowl 56. So so that's going to be, um, you know, we'll be having your coverage in the AJC for that. Uh, looking forward to the first uh, L.A. Super Bowl in quite a while. I'll so, uh, yeah, football, big-time football going back to the West Coast. Uh, they're going to try to do it up. That looks like a wonderful stadium on TV. be great to see it up close and so forth. So, you know, kind of as the playoffs progress, you kind of like, okay, what could the Falcons learn from this to help them climb back to the playoffs? And um, Coach Campbell talked about that today. He said, hey, the first thing you got to do is evaluate yourself. Where are you good at? Where are you not? And, you know, the Falcons' evaluations were, you know, uh, pretty clear. We did our uh, season and review. And, you know, you can't have Tim Boyle back in the pocket with 10 seconds to throw. That was a thing that stood out against the Falcons, against Detroit. He's the backup quarterback. He had all day. Nobody got near him. So, you know, they got to ramp up the rush. They got whoever they get back. Um, you know, if they if, if people return, they got to figure out how to get them going. And, and if they don't return, and you get some new people, uh, they got to be able to get to the quarterback. You know, probably the one with the biggest upside is Artie Agundajay. You know, Fowler's going to be. He's had he's had more than enough sample size. Um, you know, in this defense and, you know, health-wise, it's just not going to be a thing for him. He's not going to be healthy. He's never he, Since the first injury in his rookie year in Jacksonville, he's been battling injuries. He just had like one season, the contract season, where he answered the bill in every game. So, you know, you got to supplement him if you're going to keep him. He's a free agent, and, you know, we'll be going over that whole list. That's probably – we did it uh, initially at the end of the season, and, and uh, you know we'll um, you know probably need to uh, update that again as we start. That's going to be the first item: is free agency, and then you know then the draft. So free agency is up next. We got the Super Bowl, and we'll start getting ready for uh, you know the 28 free agents that they have, and also ran into um, Pat Dye, the um, agent for. Calvin Ridley last night and, uh, you know, just uh, touch bases with him, greet him, and, um, you know, uh, uh, as soon as there's something to report on Calvin's situation, uh, just the people on the street think he's getting traded. I haven't heard that from anybody of power. But, uh, you know, definitely a tough situation, and and you still just kind of want to stay in that space where you're wishing him – you know, the best possible outcome as, as they move forward. Uh, you know, this young guy, rarely under 25 or so, 25, uh, maybe 26. So, you know, the problems in life, hopefully he can get those sorted out and then move on, uh, you know, and, and whatever that looks like, we'll be um, here to, 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 to share that with you all. 
So on that note, that's everything we got here in the notebook from the Senior Bowl. We're gonna um, we're gonna get get on out of here from the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Write a little Malik Willis story for you, then get out to the the Senior Bowl practices today. These are uh, the two padded practices. And now uh, what you want to do on the second day is, okay, I know what I saw the first day. Can this person do it again? And then they got to do it again. That's what the NFL scouts are going to be looking at this week. How does a player, where did he start at the beginning of the week? Where did he end at the uh, end of the week? So, you know, we'll be uh, staying on top of that and uh, getting you uh, ready for the Senior Bowl game on Saturday. Uh, the the um, 2.30 start here from Hancock-Whitney Stadium in Mobile, Alabama. And with that, we're going to uh, ask you to have a great rest of your week. Take care. This is Dear Linda Ledbetter from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with your 317th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.